So Oklahoma, they're going to Lawrence, and they're going to play a football game this week in the sold-out booth. Yeah, you heard me right. KU has sold out their football game against Oklahoma. When was the last time that happened? I mean, I remember the year that Caleb Williams was there in 2021 where they were pretty much giving away free tickets in the second half to get people in the stadium because they thought there was a chance, which, I mean, they did have a chance to upset Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's walking into a dangerous situation this week. And it's not because the Jayhawks have an explosive offense and are 5-2, and two, and their only losses come to Texas and Oklahoma State, but it's going to be a game that sets up against Oklahoma in terms of weather and just the feel around it. We talked about it post-Texas. What were the games you were most scared about? A lot of people said BYU. Some people said Kansas. Some people said Oklahoma State. But the consensus was Kansas was going to be a really tough game, and it wasn't going to be one that Oklahoma could just fly over. So today we got to break it down and we have to talk about it. We got to talk about what the key is for Oklahoma. Because guys, let me tell you this. Oklahoma, they are 23 or 24 and 1 in this like couple decades of playing Kansas. And you want to leave the Big 12 where you likely probably won't play Kansas again. Or at least play them for a long, long time. You want to... Leave no doubt who owns this matchup. We're not even called a rivalry. Who owns the matchup? But guys, if you haven't already, go ahead, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, jump down in the comments below, and let me know what y'all's thoughts are. Oklahoma's riding in with an 18-game win streak against the Jayhawks. The question is, are they going to be able to replicate that success from 2000 to 2022 this week? All right, so real quick before we dive into the game, uh, super interesting fact that I did not know about the Kansas Jayhawks. They would actually have uh, one of the largest margins of victory they've had against Oklahoma was 34-0 in 1905. Now, it was 1905, but I still looked at it and I said, so, okay, way, 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 way back in the 1900s, Kansas was able to get Oklahoma. All right, cool. All right, on to the game. So, Oklahoma... They're walking into Lawrence, Kansas, not to play a basketball game. I know. Usually when you we, we talk about KU, you want to talk about basketball. No. Uh, they're walking into Lawrence, Kansas to play the Kansas Jayhawks in football. And KU's 5-2. and two. And I think this time last year, KU had only had one loss when we played Kansas. So Kansas, over the past couple of years, has been a formidable opponent, opponent under Lance Leipold. No shock. We all knew that this is what Lance Leipold was going to do. But my God, this guy's turning around really fast out there. And uh, KU just landed their best recruit I think that they've ever gotten in the modern recruiting era this year. So that tells you what Kansas could potentially be. And ironically, we all talked about who would carry on the legacy of the Big 12 after Oklahoma and Texas left. But wouldn't it be hilarious if the Kansas Jayhawks you know, the, the bottom feeders of this conference for the longest time, bottom feeders of just college football in general, uh, ended up leading the Big 12. Yeah. So Oklahoma, they've already beaten Texas. And listen, uh, UCF, they served them a test. 
And Oklahoma, I don't think, wasn't ready for it, right? I think they expected to come in and be able to cruise past UCF. And after the first quarter, where Oklahoma really played really well, UCF punched Oklahoma in the mouth. And I think it was good for Oklahoma to get punched in the mouth right there. So you bring in Dylan Gabriel, one of the Heisman Trophy candidates this year, because he's being talked about like that, who has completed 166 passes on 233 attempts, 2,131 yards, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, and did I tell you that Dylan Gabriel can use his feet as well? Because in that Texas game, he had over 100 yards. And this season itself, he has 230 yards and five rushing touchdowns. So Dylan Gabriel, he's probably going to be your key player or one of your key players on offense against the Jayhawks. It'll be interesting to see exactly how Kansas decides that they want to defend him. But looking at the matchup predictor here, this is kind of what stands out to me. I don't think Oklahoma has the best running back in this game. You have Marcus Major as your leading, leading rusher. Tawi Walker's right behind him, and you would expect Tawi Walker will be, he's probably not starting, but he'll be the 1B in this game. And then you've got Devin Neal on the other side. Devin Neal is an incredible quarterback or an incredible running back for Kansas. He's been a great tool and a resource for them. And you would imagine they're going to try to lean on him in this game to pound the ground with Oklahoma. But clearly when it comes to the quarterback and the receivers, Oklahoma has the advantage because you have Jalil Farouk out there with 23 receptions for 400 or 438 yards. I think he's only got two touchdowns. But then you look at some of the other receivers on this team, and although you don't have Andrell Anthony anymore, you have Nick Anderson, a guy that has 16 receptions for 387 yards, who's really stepped up in the wake of Andrell Anthony going down, who has eight touchdowns. Nick Anderson, he's had himself a going, or not a going away party, but a coming out party this year. And that's why he's on the thumbnail, right? We got to give this man a little bit of respect. And then, of course, you've got good old reliable Drake Stoops with 318 yards, five touchdowns. And then Jaden Gibson as well, who, yeah, you know what? You can put your towers out there uh, and you can let them do work. The question is, who's Kobe Bryant going to defend? Kansas's best DB. Who is he going to be on? Is he going to be on Farouk? Is he going to be on Gibson? Is he going to be on Anderson? Is he going to be on Stoops? Because that dude's a lockdown corner, and that dude's going to be an NFL type of corner. So excited to see what that matchup looks like for Oklahoma and Kansas. But just looking at it in terms of what the both teams have been able to put out this year, and I think this is what's interesting. They're, they're very similar to Oklahoma in this way. Total yards, 469. Kansas, 443 on offense. Uh, Oklahoma, not as balanced as Kansas. 328 through the air, 168 on the ground. Kansas likes to do 231 through the air, 212 on the ground. So Kansas a little bit more balanced than Oklahoma right there. Uh, so I think that could lead into a problem like what you saw last week against UCF. A lot of people ask the question, why did Oklahoma struggle so much last year or last week against UCF? And I, I think it's quite frankly, all of your problems this year, especially around your offense, maybe stalling out has been centered around the running back not being as good as we thought it could be. Here's my thought process on this, so bear with me. When your only line of attack or solid attack is passing the ball, 
and the defense knows this and they can come out there and scheme for it. Yeah, if you're just leaps and bounds better, you're going to get passes off on them, right? You're going to be able to break out a couple. But in reality, they're slowing down your offense, which multiple times last week, you saw UCF come out there. They would slow Oklahoma down, put the defense right back out there, right? There, there, there was no long drive by Oklahoma for consistent periods of time. And that's what you want to see, right? So if Oklahoma had a running game that was getting 200 yards at ease every single game, and they were getting the 328, which is what we've seen in the past from Oklahoma, maybe you start to see an Oklahoma defense and offense that just looks absolutely dominant. So you fix the running back position to make it to where your defense doesn't have to be out there as much which is the same problem that we've had with Lincoln Riley out there. The difference is you're not trying to go a million miles a minute on offense and putting your defense back out there. This time it's, well, you're trying to go slow. You just can't convert first downs because for some reason your running game is not there. And a lot of this is going to be because some these running backs aren't waiting for the holes to develop. And that's important. You know, Tawi Walker, Marcus Major, they need to wait for the running backs or they or they or they need to wait for the offensive linemen to create that hole and let those holes develop wherever they're supposed to be. And if they can do that, you're going to start to see Oklahoma break off some longer runs and be more successful in the run game. So looking at the defense a little bit, again, this is where you start to see maybe a well, I mean, you got saw separation on the offensive side, but I mean at the end of the day, you get what we're saying by hey, Kansas can score. On the defense side of the ball, Oklahoma is only allowing 359.9 yards. Kansas is allowing 396.1. Again, they're pretty balanced in what they allow. Oklahoma is being a little bit more dominant in the rush game. Allowing 240.4 through the air, 119.4 on the ground. And then you've got Kansas, pass yards, 235 and 161 on the ground. So this might be another game where you look at Oklahoma and say, hey, your average is 168. You need to get to at least 165 in this game to call it a can or at least to call it a successful rushing attack, right? And I think you'd want to see an average of 4.5 yards or more in this game. You don't want to see anything three or below, right? It's just that's what we've seen all season. That hasn't been good enough. So this is where it's going to be problematic for Oklahoma. 38 degrees at kickoff. We've talked about the potential of rain. There's this idea that there's a sickness running through the locker room right now. So I think there's a lot of doubt around Oklahoma and being able to come out here and just straight up dominate Kansas. And yes, the weather is going to play a factor and the weather is going to make it hard. However, the sickness thing, that doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. You are a more talented team than Kansas. And quite frankly, your coaches are better than Kansas. You should be able to win this game, even if you're down three or four guys due to a sickness. Not saying we're down three or four guys in this game. I'm just throwing out a number, right? I'm just playing hypotheticals here. If you're down three or four guys, you need to be able to win this game regardless. You are the more talented team. End of discussion. Now, the weather, you can't really do much about that because even the best teams struggle in weather. However, 
this might be a game where you're going to have to lean on your running game a little bit, meaning your offensive line, they need to bring their A game. And, and I think I heard that McCade Matower might be returning, so that's good. And if he's able to return, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how he's able to play. So Oklahoma is favored by nine. And if you're Oklahoma, you need to win this game by at least 17 or more. At least 17 or more. Because it's not that you need to win big. You need to come out of this game with some confidence going into Bedlam. Because you're going to have to turn around and you're going to have to go into another hostile environment. And yes, I'm calling Lawrence, Kansas a hostile environment. The game is sold out. These fans are going to be ready for Oklahoma. You're going to have to turn around, and you're going to have to go to another hostile environment next week to play Oklahoma State, which I think we're all assuming is going to be a night game, and the World Series is going to be that night. So, well, potentially, if it goes to a Game 7, I'd expect it to go to a Game 7. But you guys you guys know what I'm saying. So, looking at the keys for Oklahoma in this game. Keys for Oklahoma, like we've said every single week, the rushing attack. Is this the week that the rushing attack for Oklahoma gets going? And you need it to get going before next week. So we saw Gavin Sawchuck a little bit last weekend. And you saw him break out a big run at the end of the game last week. Is he going to be able to replicate some of that success this week? It's something that we got to keep our eyes on. It's something that we got to be watching. These running backs have got to let the holes develop that the Offensive line is going to create for them. That's going to go into point number two. The offensive line needs to play one of their best games this week. You need to be able to create gaps, and you need to be able to, I mean, clearly you need to be able to communicate with your running backs. This is where this hole is going to be. This is when we plan to have this hole open up. Wait two seconds. This hole will be developed and opened. And that was one thing that Kennedy Brooks was so great about, right? Kennedy Brooks was so patient, and he waited. And that's why he was always able to get those big runs. And then point number three, if you're the defensive line and these linebackers, you have, you have to contain Jason Bean. Jason Bean has killed you and torched you in the previous two matchups that you've played against him. You cannot let him do that to you again. So you need to be able to get into the backfield where, I don't know if you guys realize, Oklahoma leads the country in tackles for loss at 42. Or, I mean, at 65, averaging about nine a game. They've got 17 sacks, which isn't the top of the NCAA. But they get into the backfield, they cause havoc, and they need to do the same in this game. You need to drop Devin Neal in the backfield. You need to drop Jason Bean in the backfield. And you need to let them know, just like you have against everybody else this year, your quarterback run game, it ain't going to work on us this game. It ain't going to work this week, so don't try it. So if you're Oklahoma, you do those things, and you probably can walk out of this game with a 38-17 to 17 or better victory. I still think Kansas can get some points, but you know, if this Oklahoma defense is kind of like the Chiefs defense, you're not going to allow more than 20 points, hey, I would like to see that. So I'm going to say 38 to 17. Be a little bit conservative. But if this Oklahoma D offense is able to come out and sling the ball in the first and second quarter and go up 21, 28 points, you'd be feeling really good about how Oklahoma could finish the day on this game. 
But guys, I want to hear from you, and I want to hear what y'all's thoughts are. So if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like, hit that subscribe button, and go ahead, jump down in the comments below, and drop your score predictions.